Hey everyone, this is Steve Hernandez, host of the Waterwise Pro Podcast, and I thank you for joining me. This is episode number four. This is the first one of 2019, and I uh, I have to apologize. I've been a little uh, absent on these podcasts. Uh, beginning of the year, a lot of courses uh, coming up for me. Schedule's really crazy. Uh, work's been really crazy. And uh, yeah, I just I haven't uh, made the time, so no excuses. Just haven't made the time to get back on the podcast and uh, connect with all of you. Um, so yeah, so this is what we're going to do today. We're going to start getting into, um, basically auditorial flashcards. Okay. We're going to just start dipping into, um, uh, information stuff that we're going to be reviewing on some of our state exams. And so, uh, there it is. Yeah. So uh, this isn't going to be a motivational podcast This is going to be all about, uh, learning about source, uh, sources of supply. Okay. So our source water. And so what we're going to do is uh, start with basically uh, where we get our water from, right? So um, of all the water that uh, encompasses the earth, right, uh, we have 97% of that water is uh, salt water, okay? Uh, the other 3% is fresh water. Of that 3%, there's about 70% of that fresh water is uh, ice caps and glaciers, okay? And this is, you know, these are kind of rough numbers, but uh, of the 30% of that fresh water that's available, okay, um, we have groundwater and surface water, okay? So we don't, we might see, it might seem like we have a lot of water, right? But we really don't, okay? So a lot of it's not really available to us. Um, and so that's where we're getting into advanced water treatment. We're doing recycled water. We're putting it back into uh, the ground, recharging, right? Uh, Southern California has a huge replenishment uh, uh, groundwater district. And, uh, and uh, we're doing a lot of that in like ag. So like uh, city of Watsonville, where we're at, what we do is recycle 100% of all of our wastewater, and that goes back to the uh, agricultural industry for uh, crop irrigation. So, so yeah, so we have to be really mindful of the water that we have because it's not readily available to us, and so we have to be pretty creative and and start being more conscientious of the uh, the the use of water uh, overall. Okay, so. Uh, hydrological cycle. So, so what we tell our kids is the water that the dinosaurs drank millions of years ago is the same water that we're drinking today. And the way that happens is through the hydrological cycle. So condensation is basically the, uh, the water vapors, uh, water droplets turning into vapors in the atmosphere. Okay. Uh, it falls to the ground through precipitation. That's rain, hail, sleet, or snow. Okay. Falls to the ground and it either becomes runoff. Okay. Runoff means it just basically the water hits the ground and it becomes a lake, river, or stream. Okay. That's our surface water. Um, if it infiltrates the ground, if the water infiltrates the ground, then it becomes uh, groundwater. Okay, and so those two different uh, sources of supply have two different characteristics. Okay, so the uh, the runoff is picking up all the contaminants or just kind of surrounding area, whatever contaminants are on the surface, right? Or if it's a lake, river, stream, now you have biological contaminants. Okay, from uh, uh, fish and wildlife and stuff like that, and so. Um, so you're going to have a lot of different contaminants in surface water and they're going to vary, uh, uh, very differently from what you'd have in groundwater because the earth is going to act as a filter. So as water is infiltrating the ground, um, it's basically acting as a filter and it's going to keep a lot of those contaminants out. But what the water is also going to do is going to pick up whatever contaminants the earth is made up of. So that's why you have like high mineral content and uh, stuff like that or you know if you do have like uh, agricultural um, uh, industries around your area where you have wells then usually you're going to have high nitrates perchlorates those are your fertilizers um, and stuff like that and so um, whatever your environment is uh, made up of that's basically what you can expect to be in your source water okay 
So again, condensation, precipitation, falls to the ground, okay, becomes surface water or groundwater. Transpiration, transpiration is basically the uh, water vapors that the plants, trees, and soil let off into the atmosphere. The sun beats down on our surface water, whether it be uh, lakes, rivers, streams, or the ocean. And uh, that water um, is basically evaporates into the atmosphere. So then you have evaporation. So again, you have condensation, precipitation, transpiration, and evaporation. Okay, so that's a hydrological cycle. Okay, so we're going to go over some terms. So what I tell people in the classes too is a lot of the stuff that we're reviewing, it's just like vocab words that our kids are going through um, for class, right? So, um, so I'm going to go over some terms right now and you can just use them as again, just flashcards. Okay. So I'm going to go over the term and then I'm going to go over the definition again. And these aren't my definitions here. These are definitions straight out of our textbooks. Okay. So for a hydrological cycle, we have condensation. Okay. Condensation is the transformation of water vapors to liquid water droplets in the air, creating clouds and fog. That's condensation. Direct runoff. Direct runoff is water that flows over the ground, uh, ground surface or through the ground directly into streams, rivers, and lakes. Evaporation. Evaporation is the transformation of water from liquid to gas phases as it moves from the ground or bodies of water into the overlying atmosphere. Groundwater. Groundwater is the water contained in interconnected pores located either below the water table in an unconfined aquifer or in an unconfined aquifer. Infiltration. Infiltration is the flow or movement of water downward through the soil. Impermeable. So impermeable means that water can't easily penetrate through. Okay. Uh, you can use that term for a filter or you can use it for uh, the earth. Okay. So imp uh, impermeable is not easily penetrated. Uh, the property of a material or soil that does not allow or allows only with great difficulty the movement of water. Okay, so that's impermeable. Percolation. The percol uh, percolation means the slow passage of water through a filter medium or slow movement through soil and rocks. Okay. Precipitation. Precipitation is condensed water vapors that falls to the earth's surface. Example, ra rain, hail, sleet, or snow. Okay, precipitation. Runoff. Runoff is the portion of the Earth's available water supply that is transmitted through the nat uh, natural surface channels. Okay, so runoff again, we talked about uh, water hits the ground, okay, precipitation, water hits the ground, and then it becomes like a lake, river, stream, okay, so it's going to basically hit the ground and it's not going to infiltrate the ground, it's going to become runoff, okay. Uh, subsidence, subsidence is the dropping of I'm sorry, the dropping or lowering of groundwater surface as a result of removing excessive uh, water, uh, either overdrafting or overpumping from an aquifer. Okay, so subsidence means basically you've overpumped the groundwater and basically you've left a big void under the ground. So your surface, um, your, um, your, your earth is basically going to drop down. And that, that, that is very common in our Central Valley uh, here in California, you get a lot of subsidence because you basically the between agricultural, uh, industrial, commercial, res residential use, basically we're over pumping our groundwater. Okay. And so subsidence means that earth, that top layer where we live, right, is going to fall or it's going to try to fill in that void uh, because you don't have that water that's kind of holding uh, the earth's surface up, I guess, you know, per se. Uh, surface water. Surface water is all water on the surface as distinguished from subsurface, uh, subsurface 
water or groundwater. So lakes, rivers, streams, again, surf, uh, surface water is all the water that we have above ground. Okay. Lakes, rivers, streams, transpiration, transpiration is the release of water vapors from plants and soil into the air. Uh, water vapor is a gas that cannot be seen. Okay. Uh, water cycle. So the overall water cycle is the process of evaporation of water into the air and it's returned to the earth by precipitation. Again, rain, hail, or sne uh, sleet or snow. Um, this process also includes transpiration from plants, groundwater movement, and runoff into the river uh, streams and the ocean, also called the hydrological cycle. Okay. Uh, one last term, uh, watershed. Okay, so the watershed is the region or land uh, area that contributes to the drainage or catchment area above a specific point on a stream or river. Okay, so that is the hydrological cycle. So we have uh, three different sources uh, of water. Okay, so raw water. Uh, the, the term raw water is basically water in its natural state prior to any treatment or refers to water entering a treatment plant. Okay. The different uh, the three different sources of water again uh, the ocean okay all water that has or will reside in the ocean at some point in the earth's history surface water uh, collects from runoff due to precipitation streams rivers and reservoirs and groundwater uh, that is water that percolates through the soil from snow or rainfall to an aquifer okay so we have three different sources of supply again ocean surface water and groundwater okay Okay, so the feds, the feds create the drinking water program, okay? The drinking water program um, says that there's three different types of water rights, okay? There's three different types of water rights, okay? So riparian water rights. Riparian water rights are water rights which are acquired together with the title to the land bordering a source of surface water, okay? So if you were a settler back in the day, right, I uh, wouldn't tell you uh, what kind of crop I would grow, but if I was growing a crop, okay, it'd be a nice and green crop, right? And it'd be next to a sur uh, source of surface water, okay? And so um, if I was the first one there, I would have riparian rights to that surface water, okay? Uh, second one would be appropriative, okay? So water rights to or ownership of a water supply which is acquired for the beneficial use of water flowing by, I'm sorry, by following a specific legal procedure, okay? So that's appropriative. Appropriative is for beneficial use. Okay, so maybe a, a group of people got together and said, "Hey, we're going to build a city." Okay, and we're going to go to all these uh, settlers that have these riparian water rights, and we're going to say, "Hey, we want to put those water rights to great use." Right, and so we're going to have these uh, industrial processes and companies, and we're going to build a community and a city. Right, and so. What we want to do is we want to uh, take over those riparian water rights and we're going to put them to beneficial use. Okay, um, We're basically going to treat that water. We're going to make it safe for everyone. Okay, So we're going to acquire water rights through the appropriative uh, uh, format. Okay, So appropriative water rights. Prescriptive. Prescriptive is a third uh, type of water right. And that is a right that is required uh, is acquired by diverting water to which other parties may or may not have prior claims and putting it to use for a period of time specified by statute. Okay, so maybe uh, you had your water rights and um, and basically something happened where uh, another uh, outside party had to come in and say, hey, we got to clean up your act. Um, people are getting sick and um, the uh, basically uh, authoritative uh, Entities would basically said, hey, we're going to have this third party come in. We're going to give them uh, the rights. We're going to prescribe them the rights to uh, water, and we're going to make them uh, basically, we're going to make sure that they clean up 
uh, you know, what's going on and, and keep everybody safe. Okay, so again, three different types of water rights, riparian, appropriative, and prescriptive water rights. Okay. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about lake stratification next. Again, so we're talking about uh, we have three different types of uh, sources of supply and uh, lakes what kind of what what kind of source of supply is that going to be that's going to be a surface water supply right so again a, above ground is going to be surface water below ground uh, we pump it out of the ground with our well pumps that's going to be groundwater but lakes are going to be a uh, surface water okay so uh, lakes turn over okay so if you have a if you're in an area where you have different seasons like a winter season summer season uh, you're going to have lake stratification and so pump operators right experienced pump operators are looking at their reservoirs their pumps i'm sorry their pumps their tanks uh throughout the week and they're uh, what they're doing is they're trying to see the trends on SCADA, right supervisory control and data acquisition right and so uh what we want to do is we want to see our uh, reservoirs or our tanks fill up and basically empty out not completely right but we do want to see water coming in and leaving the tanks uh throughout the week uh we're shooting for any time uh, any anywhere before uh i'm sorry we're looking for anything between two to three times uh of turnover uh in our tanks each week okay and so that's just kind of a just good practice okay so same thing with our lakes if our lakes aren't turning over right if we're not mixing up our lakes our our source of supply then uh, we could be subjected to any kind of water quality that uh, um, just kind of goes on in the lake. And so what we want to do is um, if, we, if we're in an area where we don't have um, lake stratification, okay, so we're, we're um, on the central coast, so um, the neighboring agency, City of Santa Cruz, they have uh, Loch Lomond. And so what they do is they don't have freezing temperatures like uh, you know our fellow operators do on the east coast. And so what we have to do is uh, we basically have to do mechanical mixing, okay? And we'll talk about that in a second. But lake stratification, again, it's just basically the different layers that make up the lake, okay? Uh, and so if you basically took a, uh, took a side picture, a side profile of the lake, um, you can break it up in different layers. And so the top layer would be the epilimnion, okay? The epilimnion is the top layer. It's called uh, mesotrophic, or it's considered mesotrophic, which is moderately nutrient-rich, and it has the highest level of dissolved oxygen. What's dissolved oxygen? Dissolved oxygen is basically oxygen that's dissolved in the water, okay? So, uh, for example, if you uh, uh, put your uh, cup underneath the sink, and you fill it up and you put it on the counter and you see these little uh, water bubbles, right? And it kind of clears up after a while. It, uh, after a while, uh, That's just like dissolved oxygen, basically oxygen in the water, okay? So epilimnion, top layer, again, moderately nutrient-rich, highest level of dissolved oxygen. Thermocline, the thermocline is the middle layer, okay? The thermocline is considered eutrophic. Uh, it's nutrient rich. So that's what eutrophic means. It means there's a lot of aquatic life uh, going on in that middle layer because it's not too hot for, like the top layer is. It's not too cold like the bottom layer of the lake is. And uh, so it's like the sweet spot. That's where all the, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, all the um, organic activities happening and wildlife and all that good stuff. Okay, so the uh, thermocline. It's considered uh, moderate, has moderate levels for dissolved oxygen. And then the third layer, which is the bottom layer, is the hypolimnion. The hypolimnion is the bottom layer. It's considered oleg oligotrophic, oligotrophic uh, which is nutrient-poor, and it has almost no dissolved oxygen. Okay, And so 
Why do we need to know what uh, a lake is kind of uh, structured like? Well, the reason why is because our operators want to know what kind of water quality to expect at our treatment plants, okay? So if we can see what's going on at our raw water sources, then we can uh, adjust, right, to chemicals, maybe types of treatment out at the source so that when it gets to the treatment plant, then we have a little bit less work to do or we could at least be a little bit prepared, a little bit better prepared for that raw water once it gets to the treatment plant. Because the treatment plant is basically, kind of, it's kind of like the last defense uh, before it goes out into the uh, public water system, right? So um, again, if it's mixing up, then um, we know that basically um, whatever's going on at the bottom of the, the bottom of the lake once it comes to the top right and, and what we call that is we call that turnover okay so uh through winter months that top layer is going to be is going to be going to it's going to become sorry uh the top layer is going to become uh ice and and dense and thick and heavy right so with little winds that block of ice that epilimnion is going to fall to the bottom uh to the hypolimnion and that hypolimnion water is going to uh, basically uh uh a turnover turnover to the top okay so whatever water quality we had at the bottom of the lake now it's going to be at the top of the lake okay so if we had our surface water intakes towards the top of the lake um, what we're going to have is now we're going to have a difference in water quality okay throughout those uh, turnovers and so a lake that turns over once a year is called monomictic okay uh, a lake that turns over twice a year is called dimictic okay a couple more terms to know anaerobic anaerobic is a condition in which atmospheric or dissolved oxygen is not present okay aerobic aerobic is a condition in which atmospheric or dissolved oxygen is present okay and uh we'll talk a little bit more about uh these some of these terms uh when we get into like water quality which is down the road okay um, we're just talking about lake stratification and again lake stratification or stratification is the formation of layers in a lake or reservoir each layer has similar characteristics such as all water the layer uh, so such as all water uh, in each layer has the same temperature okay so uh, it just depends on how it's mixing up and what your seasons are like and all that good stuff okay so um, so again if you're in an area like uh, uh, Santa Cruz where we're at we don't have freezing temperatures and so what we have to do is we have to do some aeration or re-aeration and we have to try to uh, de-stratify or kind of break up those um, layers so that we can do some uh, mixing of the lake and just keep it keep it fresh keep it uh, keep it clean and uh, make sure that when we did uh, pull water from our intakes then um, we basically we know what kind of water quality we can expect okay and so then we're using forced air diffusers uh paddle mixers uh stuff like that so we can do it mechanically too we can turn over that lake mechanically as well the reason why we want to do uh, lake management the purpose of lake management is to reduce bacteriological or at organic loading of raw water and potential taste and odor problems okay the reason why we want to do this also is to improve and maintain water quality in our source water we want to reduce any water treatment costs right again if we can deal with it at the source then we don't we don't have to deal with it at our treatment plant okay uh, and we also want to improve the environment okay so overall we're going to improve the environment okay um yeah so um so that's lake management and um, a chemical that we use to reduce um uh algae blooms in the lake is copper sulfate okay so uh when i was on the mean streets of watsonville some guy hit me up said hey man you want to buy some bluestone i was like what are you talking about man he said are you talking about that copper sulfate yeah man that copper sulfate right so copper sulfate we also call it bluestone right 
bluestone is an algicide. Algicide uh, is used obviously to kill algae, right? Because algae blooms increase potential taste and odor issues, okay? Algae blooms increase or decrease throughout the seasons. Algae masks the effectiveness of chlorine uh, during disinfection. So the use of copper sulfate is limited based on the allowable limits in potable water systems and uh, tolerances of aquatic life. So you can't just keep uh, overdosing uh, copper sulfate uh, into our lakes because too much copper sulfate uh, can actually be detrimental to aquatic life and then also to us if it makes it out to the uh, the public water system. Okay, So again, if we can deal with the, the issues at the source, then we won't have to deal with it at the plant. So we're going to control those algae blooms um, while we can um, at the source okay so so yeah so that's a so that's a chemical that we use right copper sulfate and then like uh, again city of, city of santa cruz i know we use uh, copper sulfate we use peroxide okay so peroxide is a less invasive uh, chemical that we use to control algae blooms uh, and again we don't want algae because uh, algae is an organic, right? And so if we have organics going into our treatment plants and we're mixing it with chlorine, then organics mixed with chlorine equals what? Disinfection byproducts, right? We don't want disinfection byproducts. Those are haleacetic acids, uh, total trihalomethanes. We don't want those, right? The cancer-causing uh, contaminants, we don't want those. So again, so if we can reduce the amount of algae blooms, we can reduce the amount of chlorine that we're using, we can reduce how much uh, potential we have for uh, disinfection byproducts, right? So overall, it's all good, okay? And so again, high algae concentration equals high chlorine dosage, uh, which equals a disinfection byproduct problem. We don't want those, so we use copper sulfate, right? Or that nasty bluestone, right? Watch out for bluestone. It's taking over, right? Taking over our kids, our teens, our youth, right? They're getting a hold of that bluestone and uh, running wild on the streets, so... Uh, yeah, copper sulfate. Watch out for that stuff. Okay. Uh, contaminants and sources. Okay. So we have biological contaminants, uh, usually from uh, sewage, water treatment plants, septic systems, agricultural livestock operations, and wildlife, right? Uh, bacteria, viruses that cause disease, cholera, typhoid, and dysentery. Okay. So those are biological contaminants. We have inorganic contaminants, okay? Those would be your salts, metals, which can naturally occur or can result from urban stormwater runoff, industrial or domestic wastewater discharge, oil and gas production, mining or farming. Uh, for example, those might be your fertilizers like nitrates and phosphates, okay? Pesticides and herbicides, uh, contaminants, right? Uh, from organic, uh, or, uh, I'm sorry, agricultural uh, use, uh, urban stormwater runoff, and residual uses as well. Uh, organic contaminants, okay, so we might have synthetic and volatile chemicals, which are byproducts of industrial processes and petroleum production, gasoline stations, urban storm runoff, agricultural applications, and septic systems, okay. Uh, VOCs and detergents, okay, are an example of organic contaminants, okay. We also have radioactive contaminants, whether they're naturally occurring or man-made sources from radiation. And turbidity, right? Not trividity, it's pronounced turbidity, right? Turbidity is small uh, small particles suspended in water that interfere with uh, light penetrating and disinfection, okay? So turbidity is just suspended particles of, uh, it could be organics, uh, silt, soil, right? Just kind of suspended in water. We want to get rid of turbidity because it masks the effectiveness of chlorine, okay? In the disinfection by, uh, process. 
Protozoas. Protozoas are uh, single cell animals that multiply by binary fission. Okay, protozoas are most commonly found in surface water or groundwater under the influence of surface water. Okay, what does that mean? So, protozoas, uh, they're pathogens. Okay, they're most commonly found in surface water, right? It makes sense, right? Because uh, pathogens, right? You're going to find these in like uh, kind of like the feces of wildlife. Uh, right. And so they're going to be in surface water, right? The, the groundwater, again, the earth acts as the filter and usually gets that stuff out, gets the bacteria out. Um, so you're going to find it uh, more predominantly in surface water. Okay. Or groundwater under the influence of surface water. That means if you had a well uh, adjacent to a lake, river or stream. Okay. And that well was pulling water basically uh, pretty much uh straight out of the creek or the river or the lake okay um it's just basically it's a shallow well um that would be uh, groundwater under the influence of surface water okay so you might have some protozoas some pathogens uh in that water as well so um, when you talk about pathogens you talk about bacteria uh, protozoas you're 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 usually thinking about surface water okay so surface water or uh groundwater under the influence of surface water uh, Giardia lamblia, right? Giardia lamblia is a cyst, um, and under the surface water treatment rule. Okay, so again, the uh, the EPA creates creates the drinking water program, and they create all these different rules, right? Rules of play, how we have to kind of administer our treatment or kind of keep an eye on contaminants and clean up our systems before that water goes out into the system and so there is a rule for the surface water treatment rule so if you're dealing with surface water how do you treat it well we want to get rid of three logs or 99.9 percent .9 removal of all giardia uh, lamblia out of our water and four log or 99.99 percent .99 removal of all the virus okay so three log giardia uh, four log virus. Okay, so 3G, 4V. Okay, that's uh, just one way to remember that 3G, 4V, right? And so uh, every time we go to Costco, mama likes to get the uh, Clorox wipes that uh, uh, wipes down the house with and everything and everything the baby touches, right? Um, we get those uh, and they are three log wipes. They're three log uh, for bacteria, right? And so that means it's 99.9% .9 removal of all the bacteria and viruses those Clorox, Clorox wipes take out. And so um, don't get too confused, but uh, just know that we want to get out all the contaminants out of our water, that we want to get out 100% of all the uh, contaminants in our water. But uh, technology, uh, cost factors, right? We, we might not be able to get out 100%. But what they say is if you can get rid of 99.9% .9 of all the Giardia, you're going to be all right. You're going to be safe. You're going to make it, right? If you can get rid of four log or 99.99% of all the virus out of the water, then you're going to be all right. You're going to make it, right? 99.9% .9 removal of all the Giardia and 99.99% .99 of all the virus, okay? And so that's uh, pathogens, right? Protozoas, okay? So we'll leave it at that. Uh, that's a little bit of surface water. That's enough to uh, uh, mull things over, um, and we'll just call it... Uh, call it a day on that one and um, we'll talk to you soon all right so uh, again 
We're going to be going over some motivational stuff. We're going to be going over some uh, um, stuff for uh, exam prep. And again, this is a little bit of source water. This is about 28 minutes uh, of um, um, just listening to me and terms and uh, source water uh, issues and how we deal with uh, lakes and hydrological cycle, all that good stuff. And so uh, review it, review it. Again, it's repetition. It's all about repetition. So cover at least an hour up to two hours uh, each day um of material okay and, and it's not consecutive so we're talking about like 15 to 20 minute blocks okay so maybe you can study for 15 to 20 minutes in the morning maybe 15 to 20 minutes at lunch maybe 15 to 20 minutes at night right you break it up and watch some tv uh hang out with the kids hang out with the family and then before you go to bed maybe another 15 to 20 minutes okay um it goes by really quickly, right? And so I say 15 to 20 minutes just because um, after about that the, that 20 minute mark, um, we're starting to think about what we wanna eat, uh, what we're gonna wear tomorrow, right? All that good stuff. And so uh, we kind of start losing focus at that point. So I say uh, break it up in little chunks, okay? And then go over um, whether you have uh, study material, you got your books, you got that WWP study guide. Uh, now you have some auditorial flashcards so that we just did right here. And so uh, that was a little bit of source water, okay? So I'll talk to you soon. All right, peace. <laughs>